0: Biffy from Saxon, you listen to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Come on! Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as
1: Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, bam, bam! Dilly D.
0: Wow. Bang bang pizza skulls and smack a gob. It is I, Dr. Fuck Ralph. And with me is Oh yeah! Bang bang you and your pizza skulls. Smack gob. I gotta it's, say uh, I gotta say, Ian, that was a pussy ass beer.
1: I know, I know it's a little flat, but don't worry, I got more. All right. I got more. I'll do it again. Okay. <laughs> it's Wazilla, man, and uh we're ready to record. This is an episode that uh, has taken a long uh, time to get here due to scheduling because we are in New Orleans, we are in Miami, and we are in Transylvania.
0: Blah!
1: Blah! (laughs) Children of the night. What sweet music they make. We have Annie, JC, or Dracula. We're probably going to call you everything but your real... How in the fuck do you pronounce your real name? Just for the for the people listening across the globe, how, how do you actually pronounce your name?
2: It's Nate. Nate's. Nate's. Yeah, correct. You mean, okay. You
0: mean like that poison lover and poison loving bearded <laughs> that we're framed with? <laughs> Nate's Atchison. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, Ian. People in Transylvania tell them, "How do you pronounce your name?" Yeah, that's a true story.
2: Yeah, it's um, it's Slovene um, short version of the name. In English, it's Jerry. So Jerry's is like um, probably the closest thing in English to my name.
0: Look at look at your name, bro. You have little V's on top of the C's. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's yeah, that's a Slavic thing. Yeah. Yeah,
0: man. You guys are wacky. You guys are wacky with your spellings. You're Dracula. Uh, Fuck that shit. It's for easier to pronounce. <laughs> Blah. I I feel hypnotized already. <laughs> yeah. So so Dracula, uh Ian told me that you got uh, Biff Byford to do um uh intro for
2: our podcast, is that true? Yep, back in mm. November we had an I had an interview with him for uh, my web scene and he was kind enough to share a good word about our beloved podcast.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Do me a favor, because I'm a big, big fan of Saxon. And, you know, Biff is getting up there in age. And I don't want him to die. So next time you see him, bite him on the neck, bro. (laughs) That way we get Saxon forever. I want him to live forever.
2: Yeah, the last album is really good. Especially the Pilgrimage Jam. Yeah, very good
0: album. Yeah, I dig it. All right, Ian, so what's going on, man?
1: All right, well, we don't have iTunes reviews, but I do have a few uh, Podbean comments to read, so let me pull those up right now. Uh, This one is from Anthony Rush, who left this one not too long ago, uh, on the latest Archaeus episode. He says, another great episode. Thank you, Ian and Ralph.
0: Oh, he fucked up. For the endless... The endless laughs and joy you bring. Hey Dracula, don't bite that guy in the neck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, get that right, Anthony, if you want immortality. And uh well thank you, Anthony, very much. I appreciate the comment. And uh then we got another one, this this next one for me for a loop. Because the <laughs> name on here was Wadzilla Jr. And I thought I thought I thought it was my son. You know, I was like, wow, that's very... I, I know my son listens to the show, but, uh, you know, he's he's not really the comment type. I, you know, he's got a lot of shit going on. But I was like, aw, oh, my, my, my son left a comment. Well, it's my other son, my internet son, uh, Samuel Wetz, using the handle Wadzilla Jr. And, it, it, you know, it's, it's funny because my son uses Wadzilla on Twitter and shit like that. But now we got Wadzilla Jr. on Podbean. And he says, and I quote, "Longtime listener, first-time commenter, I just gotta say that I love this show, and I love the episode you guys did for my donation. I've gotten a couple messages from a few people after the review came out saying that they really dug the Monster Magnet album I donated for, and I couldn't be more happy to hear that response. Thanks again for the amazing show and episode, and thanks, Ian, for creating another Monster Magnet fan. Well, thank you very much, Samuel Wetz, and I'm so glad you enjoyed your episode, as I hope all of the fans have enjoyed their episode. I got a sneaking suspicion that Dracula might not, uh, uh, this might be a rough one for him. Well, you know, half of it anyway, but uh, we love doing these and thank you for the comments and keep them coming. We will read them.
0: Thank you, Samuel. Junior Wadzilla? I thought I thought Wadzilla Jr. was Bill Wang. Because yeah, he's got no, he's... Bill Wang Jr. and shit.
1: <laughs> but, uh, yes, love the comments. Keep them coming. But now it is time to get in the news. And, you know, before we even get into the rock news, we got to talk about and something Ralph's done in a video that I can't wait to watch after we get done recording. But we got to talk about that slap heard round the world. And what's so funny about this is this year's Oscars was the first Oscars that I missed in, I would say, probably around over 40 years.
0: You watch the Oscars, dude?
1: I lo- I am a movie fanatic. And I love the Oscars. It's a tradition I used to do with my dad. We did every year and I always upheld it. And the reason I was not watching the Oscars this year.
0: Because you cured uh, insomnia.
1: Yeah, no, no, A, A, because I really didn't care that much about the nominees this year. Uh, I think the Oscars have really gone downhill the last, I would say, five years. And uh, uh, second, I guess, and most importantly of all, it's because you and me were recording, Ralph, <laughs> while the Oscars were going
0: out.
1: Oh. We were recording our, our latest episode that I'm about ready to put up. So, uh, yeah, I said, fuck it. And boy, did, did I uh, miss something. And I saw when we got off the phone, I saw these, uh, you know, headlines on Yahoo. You know, I, I get, go on the computer, Yahoo opens up. And. It says, Will Will Smith punches Chris Rock at the Oscars. And, you know, that's all it said. And I didn't, uh, you know, I I didn't click on it. I just figured, you know, okay, some wacky skit they did on the Oscars, you know, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't until the next morning, uh, you know, because I think all I did, I might have clicked on to see who won in the various categories. Uh, But uh, I was like, holy shit. And that's all people were talking about all fucking week was Will Smith going up, smacking the shit out of Chris Kroc and, uh, you know, shouting and basically losing his goddamn mind. And, uh, wow. it's something else. I, I, personally, I think Will Smith is a fucking bitch. I think it's a bitch thing he did. I think he's a fucking cuckold. You know, you, you can fuck his wife and that's all right. But Yeah, but know, that's, not,
0: that's not the bad part. That's okay with me. You know how I roll.
1: Right, right. Right, but, but I, I I mean, you know, your wife can take another dick, but not a joke.
0: No, no, no. Uh, hey, uh, man. Hey, look. Bottom line, this is all privilege bullshit. If it was the actual rock up there, he wouldn't have done that. You know, he did that because, you know, he knew he can get away with it. But what kind of bitch goes up and slaps somebody and walks away? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was, it was oh, yeah. And he laughed. He laughed. He found, hey a lot of people are saying joke wasn't even that funny dude i laughed my ass off i thought that show was great i love that G you know what it is about chris rock it's his delivery that makes it even funnier you know and and he has that smile i love chris rock and yeah. uh, but just the fact that he laughed and he saw she was pissed that he changed his tune it's like dude it's it's okay if you let your wife fuck other people but you're gonna let your wife take away your laughter? Fuck that shit.
1: That's that's lame. Yeah, you know and, and You know, kudos to Chris Rock on on how he handled it. You know, because first of all, you know he slapped the shit out of him, and Rock barely moved. You know, and he, he just kind of stood there like, really, really, bitch. You know, uh, you know, and, and he he kept his composure. And, you know, made a joke out of it. And uh, I got nothing but respect for Chris Rock. You know, Will Smith, on the other hand. And, you know, and Will Smith is like, you know, he's always been like, you know, the black dude that white people who are scared of black people are are like, you know, nice, innocent little, you know, fresh Prince of Bel-Air and shit. Just acting like a fucking idiot. And uh, and the fact that he was allowed to stay there and then got the fucking award and people stood up and clapped for him, I'm like, are you fucking, you know, if that was like, you know, Bradley Cooper smacking the shit out of Ben Stiller, he'd be in jail right now.
0: Yeah, no, and, and Hollywood's disgusting, man. They give the yeah. not only don't they throw him in jail, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, Chris didn't want to press charges. They can still throw him in jail either, either way. You know, yeah. and and, uh, and also for them to let him stay there and then get an award and give him a standing ovation I mean it's disgusting but I, I gotta admit it's not as disgusting as when they gave Roman Polanski a fucking standing ovation a few years back uh, right. for rape you know he, he raped a fucking 13 year old and he wasn't there because he ran away from his crime Hollywood are a bunch of douchebags Period. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it it was fucking ridiculous. You know what disgusts me? That Hollywood will waste money on stupid remakes, but yet never give a green light to King Diamond's story. You know, know, if you get a good producer, good, you know, good actors, great, great uh, Universal students behind the story of them and conspiracy, that would be badass. But no, that's what well, total recall. Yeah,
1: well, maybe, you know, since we're so influential that we can get people to kill Sammy Hagar fans, just you saying that maybe we could get Roman Polanski to direct, you know, the King Diamond story, Harvey Weinstein will produce it and Will Smith will play King Diamond. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, he should play grandma because he's a bitch. <laughs>
1: but yeah. And, and again, kudos to Chris Rock. He didn't press charges. You know which he could have very well he could have pressed charges i think it
0: was a very smart move for him not to press charges because if he did they would have turned the tables on him oh yeah he would he would have looked like a bitch. you know what and that's that, that's not
1: what men do you know i got in trouble the other the other week at work about a joke i made because this dude's a fucking bitch you know a whiny little fucking bitch People can't take fucking jokes anymore. Funny's funny, funny. comedy's not pretty. And even if you don't agree with a joke, don't laugh at it. That's the worst thing you can do to somebody who's a comedian or somebody who's funny, is don't laugh at it. You know, you, you don't act like a little. Ugh, you can't make fun of me because I'm this, you know? Fuck you. Fuck you. You know, and what's funny is I'm sure this is probably, you know, purely an American pro you know only in America would this be the headline news all week I'm sure in Transylvania you're like yeah 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 Russia's next door you know <laughs>
0: hey, hey 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 Dracula went when the Oscars were playing did you come out of your coffin and watch it <laughs> uh,
2: actually I saw it the other day due to uh different time zones um but uh it was interesting, I mean, I agree with your video about uh, Will's reaction and his wife, his wife, uh, but if you ask me. You saw the, I, saw I...
0: the video, Dracula, you saw my video? Yeah.
2: yeah I, you, know,
0: I... you know, Ian, uh, that night when it happened, I went on YouTube live to talk about oh, oh, the last, you know? <laughs> Go ahead, Dracula, yeah. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, actually, I saw it later, like I said, different time zones and stuff, but, I mean, if you if you ask me, Oscars are, like, they lost their relevancy a long time ago, uh, but about the scene, I mean, it was totally unnecessary, but that's about it, I can say about it, because, like I say, like I said, uh, it's not my wheelhouse, so... If people have uh, fun about it, fine. If they don't, also fine. So, not nothing really to comment here. If yeah, you,
0: ask you, don't, me. you don't give a rat's ass. You're you're more focused on next. <laughs> <laughs> but, the blood of the virgin. You know, it's a crazy thing, Ian. Is people saying it was fake? I mean, whatever you do in this life, everything there's always a conspiracy, dude. The, the way that that Chris Rock reacted to the slap when he said, Well that's the greatest history of television. You know, he was stammering. It should have been, Well that was the greatest moment in television, but he was shook up. He was shook up. And somebody even put up a picture of a little cushion on Will's on on Chris Walk's face. And people were like, see this is fake. Turned out that cushion was a photoshop. Oh.
1: oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well you, you know Nate you know, Bushy's and QAnon. He'll, he'll put anything up on the fucking internet and say it's a conspiracy. <laughs> but, uh, no, you know, that shit was real and it was real embarrassing. And, and, uh, you know, I feel bad for the other people who did win for their hard work. And everything's overshadowed because you don't hear shit about who won what. You know, normally there's a talk about, oh, this movie swept the Oscars, you know, and this act is- No, it's all about this. So these these people who did, you know, get this award, whether you care about it or not, you know, to them, this is what they work for, you know, and and it's a special moment for them. And they're all robbed of that because this is all anybody's going to remember from this shit. But look, look at what Chris Rock did and, you know, how he handled it. And he just started a comedy tour that was already booked. You know, he started the other day in Boston. Tickets went from, like, 40 bucks to a 1,000 bucks. Yep. Yeah, you know, Chris Rock, this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to Chris Rock. Right, he did. And and, and I I think, you know, he's a very funny comedian. I've always liked Chris Rock. And he had a moment in the late 90s. He had a couple of HBO specials that were absolutely hilarious. They they, They were fucking great. And then this little thing called Dave Chappelle happened. And then, you know, it was all about Dave, Ch- and rightfully so. I mean, Dave Chappelle's a fucking genius, you know, in my book, as far as comedians go. But, you know, Chris Rock kind of faded away a little bit. You know, of course, he's going to be in every Adam Sandler movie that comes out. But now he's more relevant than ever and most importantly has everybody's respect. While you know, Will Smith's career has been taken for a while. I mean, he, he finally did Bad Boys 3 a couple of years ago. Something he had been putting off for like 20 years. Oh, I don't need that, you know. But he's yeah. But there is, bo-
2: yeah sorry to interrupt you, but there is no, there is not such a thing as a bad publicity. I mean, because like I said, oh, yeah. the tickets went over the roof and...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. For, for Chris Rock, but I think there will be more repercussions for Will Smith. I hope so. You know,
2: Yeah, but people people also forget, I mean, then something new will happen and this thing will be yesterday's paper, so
1: Oh yeah, but but we also live in an era I mean, particularly I would say in the West and America, you know, specifically, of this whole cancer culture shit. You know, to where people aren't gonna wanna touch Will Smith uh, you know, movie studios are gonna distance themselves from them. Yeah,
2: but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not sure because it was like interracial things, so it was not like um, it was not not like the way it's usually. So one race and other race, but it was like interracial. So we'll see what um, the time will bring or something. Yeah.
0: Aren't you upset that Bella Lugosi never won an Oscar? <laughs> <laughs>
1: He wasn't Action even a Transylvanian. The, to... He was Romanian, I believe, oh, or Hungarian. I think it was. I think uh, it was
2: Hungarian or something. Yeah,
1: you're right. You're right. You're right. But uh, you no, know, I. You know, when I first, I, not that I was a huge Will Smith fan, but when I first really lost respect for him was uh, well Independence Day. But then after that, uh, he was initially asked to play Django. In Django Unchained, great movie, great Quentin Tarantino
2: movie. A bit too too long, but it was nice, yeah.
1: (laughs) A a bit long in the tooth, huh? (laughs) Boy, uh, but uh, anyway, he was offered the role of, of Django, and he turned it down because he said Django's not the starring part of this movie. You know, he he felt that Dr. Schultz, uh, the part played by Christoph Waltz, was the star of the movie. So he turned it down purely based on that, because he didn't think the role was juicy enough. And I'm like, really? Like all these motherfuckers that were killed to work with Quentin Tarantino. You know it's going to be a big movie. And yeah, I mean, granted, Christoph Waltz did win Best, uh, Best Supporting Actor for that movie and was, you know, rightfully so. But you know, it's like, oh, you're you're too good for that. You're too good for a Tarantino movie. You know, go back to your Gemini Man bullshit. You know, and he kept turning down Bad Boys Three. I don't need that. Well, he had a bunch of bombs that he did in Bad Boys Three. You know, and uh, you know, and and now he's he was supposed to be doing I Am Legend Two, and I don't know what the status of that is now. You know, thanks to what he just pulled and the and the whole cancer culture thing going here. And uh
0: you know, I, I, I hope they uh I hope they fuck him out of this. Which is another thing. Yeah. Hey. Fuck I am legend. Omega Man, that was the shit. Yeah. Omega oh, man's the shit. Charlton Heston, motherfucker. Yeah, that was the I shit.
1: Alright, well enough of that shit. I think everybody agrees fuck Will Smith and Chris Rock looks like a stud. But now it's time to get into the rock news. And uh, this week, man, got got some sad news in the Deep Purple camp. Guitar player Steve Morris is uh, retiring from the road, at least for right now, to be by his wife's side, who's suffering from cancer. And uh, they're having fill-in guitarist Simon McBride step in to fill-in. And I don't know much about this guy. I believe he was their uh, roadie, uh, their, 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 their guitar tech. Did you see about this, Ralph?
0: Yeah, I did, man. My first reaction was, uh, "Richie Blackmore's at home, going, son of a bitch." Yeah, he's he's full he's full blown fucking KK Downing mode right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no shit. That would be uh, awesome if they brought Richie back, man.
1: Yeah, it, it would, but I just don't see it happening. But no, I don't how, know. how?
0: It's like it's, you know, like it's like the Skid Row thing. I mean. He, uh, you know, it's like you can't play with the dude. You know, Richie Blackmore is a guy that should be solo, just like Sebastian Bach. You know.
1: Yeah, and and what what a kick in the ass that would be for Steve Morris, too. Could you imagine? Like, oh, you uh, can't do you can't do this because you your wife's dying. Uh, we're gonna get the guy everybody wants back in the band to fill yeah, in for
0: you. You're you right. Know, that,
1: that that that'd be some kiss level shit. That's what shit kiss would do.
0: Yeah, you yeah. oh, er, 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 <laughs>
1: know. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, oh Eric Carr, you're sick. Oh, we're gonna get Peter Chris. Ah! <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. Um, well, you know. the The bottom line is that. Uh, uh, maybe it was three months ago I met the guy. Man, what a class act, team horses. I mean, the nicest dude when I met him. He was so fucking. I mean. He really did, uh, you know, it just glowed off him, coolness. He was just so nice. and What a player, man. I just saw Deep Purple not too long ago. They got ripped. He's awesome. Uh, Dracula,
1: are, are you a big fan of Deep Purple, or have you seen them with Steve Morris?
2: Yeah, I, I have a couple of their albums, and I saw them live on their Infinite Tour, I oh, guess nice. back in 2017 and the way I got the opened, fun fact, trivia, uh, but anyhow, uh, they were, they were good. I mean, Steve has, um, is an, an amazing guitar player and also, I mean, Gillen can't hit the high notes, but all the, I mean, kudos to them, they're still releasing new music and the last album with the covers uh, was "Crime Time" or something. Turned cr- turned to crime. Uh, yeah. Was good. I mean, it's, uh, if if I'm in the Deep Purple mood, I'll for sure I will listen to something else. But it was okay. I mean, I I, I dig a couple of tracks, uh, and I'm looking forward to if they will release an actual new album because the last one, Woosh, was good.
0: Well, let me tell you, uh, he 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 improved i saw deep purple like what two months ago or something and yeah i i never missed deep purple when they come down here i think the last time i saw him was like around your no infinite wasn't out what was the album with uh vincent price that album uh, who cares what, what? it was
2: okay. what yeah i
0: saw him there and he yeah, wasn't that good but man the last time i saw him he was he's i mean yeah of course he can't do child in time but he's improved and he did do the streams pretty good um, I think it may have to do with the pandemic, you know, maybe resting the voice, I don't know. But he has improved as a singer, actually.
2: Yeah, and I also dig his, um, I mean, he's using these effects and stuff, and he sounded good. I mean, also the, the title track was called Time for Bedlam or something. Uh, I mean, with all the talking and with uh, with um, the effects, he sounded nice. Yeah,
0: you gotta love the guy. I love, I love Ian Gillen. He's a wacky ass. I heard that he likes to dress in women's clothing. That's awesome.
1: Well, that's that's an English thing. All Englishmen like to dress in women's clothing. Yeah, yeah and, he, and after all, all hear, so so oh, yeah,
0: that must be that must be your, you have a little English in in you. Remember, yeah. remember Nashville? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a good time. I remember our was like, "Yeah, we're gonna dress as women." I was like, "What do you mean we?" And then it was like. <laughs> Oh, you're a fucking pussy. And I'm like, hey, you got a point there, dude. <laughs> I didn't do it. But yeah, what was really good about that, that you running around, walking around, the, just like a woman, Michael Butthurt saw you. And he goes, yeah, that's the guy that made that Twitter about me, Michael Butthurt. No, no you got the wrong guy. And plus, I didn't even do that Twitter. You know? <laughs> I did come up with the name Michael Butthurt, though. I'll take credit for that.
1: Hey, it takes a lot of balls to wear a dress like that, goddammit. Yeah,
0: man. <laughs> I mean, the advantage of balls and a dress is that at least you get a little air, yeah. You know?
1: Oh, breathing room. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Do you, do you think that Vinnie Vincent uh, has actually completed his new album, like the new set? Or... Oh,
0: you know, oh, oh, oh. Let me cut you off there, Dracula. That's bullshit. You know why? um because uh vinnie vincent came out ian probably doesn't know this because he, he's like anti-kiss now um vinnie vincent came out and it shows a picture of him in the studio and some guy going oh hearing the new vinnie vincent it's amazing but here's the deal nobody in the press has ever talked no nobody knows about this it's another bullshit story of his it's not real dracula it's just like some kind of you know, another one of his little bullshit schemes.
2: Yeah, if you ask me, it's the same thing with the new GNR album. I mean, I will, I will, I will believe it when I hear it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, the same thing. Yeah. I, I predict GNR will come out before Vin Diesel. Yeah, but
1: hey, I
2: mean, and... oh sorry.
1: I was say, have you heard the last couple of GNR songs? I hope it's a joke. I hope they're not coming out with new music. I, I mean, mind. sure.
0: I didn't mind uh, hard school, but that
2: uh, absurd! Oh my god! Yeah, but I mean, it's like Axel's humor or something. I mean, cause he's known for his uh, as a sarky person or something. But absurd! It's like it's absurd. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but the other one, the hard school. I mean, it's it's kind nice. of interesting that he he uses the old tracks that he, that he did not. Recorded his part because Slash uh, did his part, and then they changed the stuff in the uh, the, the original track. Uh, but uh, it sounds okay. I mean, today I had it on the repeat on the loop, and it's like it's the same track over and over again. I mean, because you actually can't. I mean, if you if you see the uh, the timeline that when the track ends, okay. But if you just listen to it it's like on the loop you don't actually know when the song ends you know
0: right you know what i did like though i haven't heard it yet is uh the, that that new slash song and i, I don't like nothing slash release and i still don't like that that singer he has um but that's yeah but but the, but the guitar work on that new song is fucking awesome really really good Though I haven't
2: heard the rest of the album, but yeah, on, on, time, on they,
0: they released
2: whatever. Do you know the name of the song? Dracula? I can't remember. Uh, I think that the album is is called, It's named four as a fourth album. Yeah, but, but the song. Uh, is, I'm I'm not. I don't know which is, about which one you're talking about. But on YouTube, you have uh, an actual performance when they are performing the the entire album. So you have like a live concert, oh, thing okay. and so on. Uh, I mean, I'm on the same boat as you. I don't like Miles' voice. I mean, I dug uh, World on Fire" album. That was also the tour that uh, on which I saw Slash. Um, that was, I think, back in 2015. Yeah, before the reunion happened next year. Uh, but I, I mean, I will take the new GN'R stuff over uh, Miles any day uh But I was, I mean, I was expecting that he will do the Axel, that he will do some stuff with ACDC, because uh he really delivered. Uh, I, I saw wish.
0: Him. I wish. You know, the thing is, man, that the you know the the, the masses can't accept Axel with ACDC, but fuck, I wish. I wish
2: at least they would have released a live
0: album, man. Cause, yeah, man, maybe, man, maybe was so good with them. Yeah, man.
2: maybe, maybe, maybe they will. Because after all, Angus is like 67 or something. He had a birthday like two years, two days ago or something. Uh, but uh, I mean, Power Up was a really good album. I mean, if I like you it. ask me, that's the best after Ballbreaker. It's better than the Ballbreaker, but the Ballbreaker, if you ask me, was. The last like ACDC album. I mean, I also like uh, Black Eyes, but that's due to timeline because that's the first time when I saw them live. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, Power Up was good, but I was really looking forward to hear some stuff with Axel because yeah. he really refreshed the the set list and all and all. And I also uh, I saw him back in what was that 2016? Yeah. Um, when he broke his foot um, on the uh, on the GNR reunion and that was in Wien, so in the capital of Austria and he was like having this uh, Dave Grohl throne or something, this um, chair and you could have seen I mean he's like a huge ACDC fan and his foot was like jumping up and down like for every track and then even I think during the if you wanna blood uh, I forgot the track, but he actually made a couple of steps. That was like big thing because in in um, during the previous gigs he was like sitting and singing, and now he made a couple of um, steps. And man, he was enjoying really. I
1: will tell you what, you'd have an easier time uh, understanding what the fuck Stephen Adler's saying than, than than me giving a fuck what GNR is doing. No Izzy Stradlin, no GNR. But back to the main story, though. I want to say I wish a speedy recovery on Stephen Morris's wife. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope she beats this, and I hope he gets back to Deep purple. I, I really do. Yeah, me too.
0: He's a great. He's a great human being, dude. He's and, awesome. yeah, and a,
1: and a great guitar player. Yeah. And uh, yeah.
0: All right. Well, next story.
1: Oh, does that album look worse? Worse by the fucking moment. The new Ozzy album is uh, now also featuring Mike McCready uh, from Pearl Jam and Queens of the Stone Age's Josh Homme. Now, these are both guitar players that I like and respect. But, uh, man, does this thing sound like a mishmash, a kitchen sink record? And very rarely do those work out, you know? I, I don't know if he's trying to do, like, the whole Santana thing, you know, when Santana had those... Couple albums, you know, with all the different guest singers, you know, it, you know, he's having all these different guitar players. I, I believe this album, you know, not only is it already fucked because Andrew Watts producing it, but there's going to be no continuity, no flow to it.
0: They should he should get different singers on each track too.
1: Yeah, it would probably be better. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this thing, this I think this has potential to be worse than Ordinary Man. If you can believe that.
0: Yeah, that, I, I, that'll that'll be very impressive. Yeah, yeah, but,
2: yeah but, but, I, the, but, the, but the track that I'm really looking forward to is the one with Iommi, because he was supposed to do a track with him or something, and also with Clapton, if I got it right.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not. To tell, you, to tell you the truth, you know, after 13 and all this shit, I, I love Tony Iommi, but the more you find out about this album I, I think it might be like uh, a, a Tony Iommi guitar solo cut and paste into a song I don't even know if it's gonna be you know it, it's, it's just
2: just fucking just retire I
0: did I did like the Tony Iommi, as much as I'm so that perfume song I liked
2: it oh yeah the scant of the darkness or something yeah. that shit was
0: good yeah yeah but to me it was more like that was him doing what he
1: wants to do. Yeah, that's where I feel that... that was awesome.
2: Yeah, and the this is little... the...
1: oh, sorry. I mean, just, this is going to be a cut and paste. Just you know, throw it in there. Oh, here's a, a Tony Iommi riff. You know, there'll probably be six guitar players on the one fucking track, and it'll probably be written by Andrew Watt anyway. So fucking, you know.
0: Yeah, who I, gives I, a frog's yeah, fat that, ass? To me, it's kind of like. I feel about the new Aussie, like I feel about, oh, Def Leppard's coming with something new. It's like, uh, yeah, you know, the only way, it'll shock me if it's good. You know, I'm not, but you know, I'm not one to sit here and say, oh, this is going to suck before hearing it. But with the track record, with that last album, and then you have the same guy producing it again, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm really not thinking this is going to be good. So surprise me. But Def Leppard, I I mean, how many decades has it been now? You know, it's like, oh, the new Def Leppard song's out, and I was like, oh, I don't care. And then I see some people going, it's good. And I'm like, oh, okay, let me check it out. Then I listen to it, I'm like, this ain't good. (laughs) You know, this this is what I expect from Def Leppard now. You know, it's like, eh, whatever.
2: Yeah, because if you ask me, I mean, we're talking about Ozzy as a solo artist, um, the last album that I liked is Diary of a Madman because the rest I mean you have you had a couple of tracks here and there but what what's the thing that turned me on the mo turned me off the most is that he uses these effects on his voice and yeah, I mean
0: yeah. I hate it. I
2: hate it. I love I love the stuff with Sabbath in the seventies when it was organic and stuff and I have the same problem with Ace when he's doing his solo stuff. Because every time he's using just these effects over his voice, and it's, I mean, more power to to those who love his stuff, but I, I really didn't like um, his uh, recent um, efforts.
0: Well, I, I, I like some Ozzy albums after Diary, but come on, now, Ozzy never topped the first two albums. I don't care.
1: Well... Speaking of shit that sucks, holy fuck, and I haven't even got around to listen to it in its entirety, even though I haven't, but I haven't been like, like, oh, i got to listen to it all right now. Everything I've heard off this new Red Hot Chili Peppers album, holy fuck, what a dumpster fire of fucking crap. I was hoping after a couple of lackluster albums without John Frusciante, uh, they'd get back. And maybe, you know, there'd be a sense of mortality Like, hey, we ain't got many albums left in us let's, Let's get back to what we do right You know, let's do it Wow, is this just Everything I've heard just sounds mailed in Done a gazillion times And all the reviews that I've read so far back it up Like, wow, they just put something out to go on tour And they're doing a, you know, a stadium tour and, and they're gonna sell, you know? I, I think they're gonna do very well, I mean, and they've made it to a level where they can do a stadium tour with just themselves. Unlike Motley Crue and, you know, Death Leopard and all of them that need each other, you know, Chili Peppers can go out by themselves and do this shit. But man, the new songs, fucking weak.
0: Uh, have you any heard of any of ever- songs? Any of those songs have California in the title?
1: Fuck! I, I don't I don't even listen to lyrics. I, I just hear weak ass choruses, weak ass verses. Nothing, you know, you know, just soft shit, man. It's like, it's like soft AM fucking radio shit. You know, every there's i been
0: hearing every time, like I hear new Chili Peppers on the radio. I can't judge the album, but like all their singles are very mellow and shit. Yeah, and, and like maybe maybe the album tracks I like, but
1: everything they released four songs as a single already. And the thing just came out a couple days ago, but every one of them like, no, no, you know, and, and the new song, I mean, the new album, 17 fucking tracks way over an hour long. I mean, just, you know, you tell right then it just reeks of filler. I don't know. Blood sugar, sex magic was kind of long, but to me it was solid. Um, but this is just like, you know, let's throw out everything we did in the studio and fuck it, we're going on tour. And it's just it's so, so disappointing. I know a lot of people gave up on this band a long time ago. Like me. But I'm, yeah.
0: I, I but I, me, Mother's Milk was their last good one.
1: Yeah, but I'm, I'm always, you know, hoping for them, I'm pulling for them, but what I've heard so far, I mean, just fucking terrible you know I, remember,
0: that... I remember yeah when I, in 1985 when I was in California they played a free show I wasn't there though I didn't go uh, but yeah they were playing a free show somewhere man 1985 they weren't that big yet though but, no I remember that I remember they played a free show in LA somewhere
1: wait well, you know a lot of people you know look back at the Hillel albums and they weren't shit back then. I mean they didn't they didn't make it till Mother's Milk. You yeah. know, and then they they blew up with Blood Sugar. But you know, I think Blood Sugar is I mean, I love Mother's Milk. I love Mother's Milk. But to me Blood Sugar is like a fucking perfect fucking album.
0: The only it's time I lot- ever saw Red Hot was on Blood Sugar. And it was Lollapalooza yeah. the day before Andrew Hurricane Andrew hit us.
1: Oh no shit. Yeah. D.D. Verney says the upcoming Overkill album will be a little bit more doomy. And that kind of excites me. Because I was a little bit worried when they got Colin Richardson back as a producer. Uh, you know, he's not horrible. He's done some decent metal records. But he hasn't done a lot of my favorite Overkill albums. Although, um, I, I, am, I think he did NecroShine. And I am a big fan of NecroShine. But uh, I was like, "Uh, I don't know if going backwards is the right thing for Overkill. But if they're going a little bit more Doomy, I would love to hear another I Hear Black. Because I absolutely love that fucking record. And I think that's one, you know, you could put on it. And I know we reviewed it, but that's something I think maybe people who aren't already an Overkill fan could listen to that and be like, I kind of dig this.
0: Uh, I can't remember. Rather, are you a fan of I Hear Black? I love that album. And I have a really funny story about I Hear Black. Oh, yeah. I,
1: I, I remember this one. I love this yeah,
0: one. I, I got to repeat the story because it's so good. May he rest in peace. Alan uh, Temple, he was he was an old guy. The first time I ever met him, I'm in a record store, and he walks in and he goes to the record guy. Archers was got a call from Blitz from Overkill. And I turn around. And this guy looked like Santa Claus. He's like very old with a big beard. You know, like what? And I became friends with him. And and then when we went to see that here Black Tour, when Blitz walks out the bus, he goes, "Hey, Alan." He knew him. They were fuddies. And and he tells Alan, "So, what do you think of the new album?" He's like, "Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> Classic." But yeah, I'm not a fan of the last two Overkill albums, dude. Grinding Wheel had its moments, but The Wings of War, I didn't like at all. So, I-, I welcome change enough. White Devil Armory was awesome. But, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's like the last two, it's like, the last two is like overkill by numbers. And, yeah, man, bring in some doom, bring in a little bit of that, you know, I hear black in your music. You know, do something a little different. I know it'll piss off the hardcore, but fuck them. Give me something different, you know? Yeah. It definitely gave me hope for this, and I enjoyed
1: the last two. Uh, granted, I don't think they were were as good as like Ironbound and White Devil Armory uh, or the Electric Age, but uh, I I still dug them. But uh, yeah, I'd like to see you know something back because as much as I love the Bobby era, and, and you know that's always going to be the classic. Uh, man, that 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 three album. Uh, stroke they had with the two guitar players I forget their names right now because I'm drinking but uh you know Horoscope fucking I Hear Black and uh, WFO great idea. that was a great fucking time for Overkill and I, I'd like for something like that and they've got the lineup you know do it.
0: Killing Kai was okay but From the Underground Below is fucking awesome. That was I, a I, good one. I like that one. I think I think Colin
1: Richards might have, Richardson might have produced that. That's got that ballad of theirs that I fucking hate. Oh god, I forget the name of that song. It's it's my least favorite overkill song by far. Oh my god, it's so bad.
0: Man, to me, it's the Gustafson man, Gustafson. That those albums. And I'm not a big fan of Under the Influence, but man, Taken Over, Feel the Fire, my favorite. Year of Decay. That to me is like the
1: best fucking overkill there is.
2: Fuck yeah. Uh, Dracula, are you an Overkill fan? Um, actually, I, I got familiar with them because of your podcast. Uh, i listened to a couple of tracks, but I did not, uh, let's say, dive into them more. I mean, what I've listened, okay, but not really my thing. I mean, I got turned on to uh, Death Angel more because of you than to Overkill, but yeah.
1: Awesome. Okay, well, one last story. I'm sorry, I found one more that uh, is kind of interesting and sad at the same time. Danny Loker has uh, hinted that this upcoming performance by Nuclear Assault at the Decibel Magazine Metal and Beer Fest in Philly uh, could be their last show. And uh, they are gonna play game over in its entirety. Oh nice. yeah, yeah, uh, something they've never done. And so it's definitely a band I need to get deeper into. I know a few songs, and it's funny, you know, an album I really like. I know a lot of fans hate is uh, something wicked this way comes, or something wicked, or something, I think it's called something wicked.
0: Yeah, that's a good album.
1: But, uh, but man, I I would love to get a chance to see Nuclear Assault. How many times have you seen them, Ralph? Oh, man,
0: at least a dozen. They used no to, shit. I, I saw the Game Over t- for, like, four times. Because it kept coming wow. here. And, uh, yeah, man, I love, my favorite Survive and Game Over is really, really good. But, yeah, something wicked, they they, they turn more into a heavy metal though. Um, the other stuff was more thrash and speed metal I love some, but man the real bad one is out of control or out of order ooh that's a terrible album when that came that killed them that (laughs) fucking
1: what's funny is I just got that the other day from Metro X they uh, released a remaster of it but I haven't got a chance to check it out yet but uh, what is it you don't like about Just not thrashy enough or it's a, bad songs?
0: It's a piss-poor album, bad songs, and Dan Lillicker quit the band. You know, that okay. was the album before Something Wicked. Something Wicked was definitely an improvement, but it was a nuclear assault. You know, it was like them just trying, right. cleaning up their thing, but it was still a really good album. I thought it was good. Uh, I, I saw, uh, I'll tell you a funny story, I saw that tour and it was at the Cameo Theater with Scatterbrains. Remember Scatterbrains? Uh-huh. They were yeah. S- slowly I turn. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I-, I dig that band. Anyway, they played the Cameo and there were so many delays. I shit you not, dude. I saw Nuclear Assault at 5.30 in the morning. Wow. Because of so many fucked up shit that kept happening over and over again the whole night. Like Scatterbrains played like around 1 in the morning. And then either after Scatterbrains played, there was a lot of... I guess technical issues, 5.30 in the fucking morning. I've never been to a show where you get there at 8 and you you see the headliner at 5.30 in the fucking morning. It was insane. Damn. Alright,
1: well that is the news for this week and it's time to get into the album we're talking about and this is definitely outside our wheelhouse but I got no problems reviewing this one. But we are doing the debut album from Minute Work, 1981's "Business as Usual," and uh, Dracula. Why did you pick this out of
0: all oh, the albums God, that you, you
1: pick? They, I, I mean, what it, what is it about this album that you felt compelled to talk about and to have other people hear?
2: Actually, um, uh, the the, probably the most known track of it, the Down Under, is one of my all-time favorite 80s tracks, uh, but also I like to fool around with you, because I mean every time you, you get something that's, oh, let's say, a bit different than your usual uh, stuff, uh, there is always a great episode, so I thought maybe <laughs> I should put this one on the list.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, this was a uh, quite a clusterfuck in my brain listening to this shit. Taking notes, I was like, man. And you know what surprised me about this is like, wow, I could have sworn this came out like around '84. I didn't know it came out way back in '81. I thought was this album like a hit in '84 because you know well, it, uh, MTV started in '81, and I could have sworn right. these videos were already being played on MTV like years later. Well, no,
1: it came out in the end of 81. It came out in November of 81. It didn't come out in the U.S. till June of 82. Ah. And then, and, and then it kind of built up momentum, uh, you know, towards the second half of 82. And then Cargo, their next album, came out in 83. So, you know, around that time, and definitely the early era of MTV, uh yeah, it was all over the place, but yeah, I can see where like you wouldn't associate this with that early because it was, you know, it, you you didn't hear it in the states till the middle of '82.
0: That makes sense
1: now. But uh,
0: but Dracula, I mean, is, are,
1: is this one of your favorite bands, or you know, besides hey. the one track? Uh, uh you know, you're, i mean you're having a
2: lot of action. I them? mean, spoiler alert, but this one is flawless. Uh, So, it would be an interesting debate. Uh, But yeah, I mean, the first album, like I said, is flawless. The other one, the Cargo, is uh, so-so. A couple of awesome tracks, a couple of fillers. But the last one was... I mean, a couple of tracks once again, but... It's worse than the previous two, so it's like, this one is like the peak of their career but I also love uh, Colin's solo career I mean his voice is really really special and during this episode there will be a lot a lo- lot of uh, lots of uh, Colin uh, worshiping so it will be an, in- an interesting one
0: did they only make three albums? yeah
2: yes. so Man at Work, they did three albums yes oh, okay
1: yeah three, three studio albums and they broke up after the third album and they've reformed periodically since the nineties, but it's pretty much, you know, when they reformed, if you're lucky, there was the saxophone player, uh, but he wasn't even always there, but you know, the, the classic band only lasted, you know, uh, in classic, I, I know you don't consider it as but, uh, that lineup only lasted two albums. Um, but, uh, you know, as, as Dracula mentioned, I love Colin Hay and I've seen Colin Hay solo and, oh, nice. and I, I, I too have, have an affinity for him and his voice and, uh, very, very charming frontman.
2: But, uh, yeah, he, Rev- now, he, now he's in Ringo's, uh, solo band, yes. like a back vocalist or something. Uh, yes.
1: He's been with Ringo for a while now, but, uh, Ralph, do you remember the first time you heard this? And do you remember this being all over the airwaves?
0: Yeah, I remember. Who can it be now? Was, I mean, I remember before down under. Who can it be now? Was played a lot on MTV, and I and uh, I I was like, eh, you know, to me there was a lot of crap on MTV in the early days because they didn't have many videos, and there was a lot of. I mean, I know they're Australian but MTV played a lot of the English bands, like, I'll stop the world, and melt with you, you know, shit like that. Um, Which I like that song, by the way. Um, Who was that song, Ian? I'll stop the world, then melt with you. Modern English. That was a good song, I dug that one. Uh, But um, yeah, there was a lot of bands like this cluttering MTV at the time. And yeah, I, I just lumped them in with a bunch of crap that I just couldn't get into, you know? Um, and listening to it today, I mean, not today, uh, for this, um, review today, yeah, I mean, I got a little nostalgic with the two hits, uh, Be Good Johnny, um, I mean, I'll get into it, won't get into it, what I feel about the song, but man, they made a video for it, and I'm watching the video, and I'm like, I remember this video, but Jesus Christ, i don't remember this song it was the weirdest experience i'm watching a video that i definitely remember with colin doing those weird dances which was funny and the little brat kid and i'm like i totally remember this video but the song i don't remember at all you know but there there was a little nostalgia in it but it's still terrible man to me you
1: know all right well uh i remember this very fondly. Uh, I remember my my dad having the album. I remember, you know, at the the time, I had to go to where my dad lived to see MTV because he got it right away. And, And where I lived, I didn't get it for about three years later. So, man, every time I was at my dad's, I was like, oh, fuck, MTV. You know? And this is from my favorite era probably of music is 80 to 85 that's my 80s you know and i'm i'm an 80s guy i love it through and through so many great memories but to me you know after 85 everything got too clean too overproduced and is much more kind of what i would consider the 90s but early early to mid 80s to me was magical time you know for music not only for for pop music but for for hard rock and heavy metal like my first phrase of hearing hard rock is stuff like quiet riot and, you know death leper and you know van halen and you know all even stuff i would discover later you know other bands my favorite album though you know like EO, Ozzy, Sabbath, you know, uh, Doc, Rat, all this shit would be the first of the 80s. But, I, I mean, I loved it all. I loved the pop music. I loved the metal. I loved, you know, the hard rock. I loved the funk, the R&B. Uh, just a magical fucking time. And that's, you know, when I think 80s, it's that. Not, not the latter half. Not, you know paul abdul and not pour some sugar on me and Vanilli and shit like that you know it's shit like this and you know christopher cross and fucking van halen you know you just and cooling the game you know just this whole mishmash of fucking awesomeness yeah, especially in pop music you can see the influence not direct of punk but what would come after punk with the new wave and how that would affect pop music, uh, I, I just think it's incredible, and I still listen to this day it puts a smile on my face. But you know, Minute Work fits right in with that. I you know very vividly remember this album, my dad's collection, and how bright yellow was. And I thought it was odd when it was originally released in Australia, the album cover was black and. white. And just for the West, they
2: add the yellow and do everything. Yeah, because, sorry to interrupt you. Um, Actually, I have both versions. So, a mate of mine, Tiana Hello, um, sent me um, this record. So, I I think I have first pressing or something. Um, From Australia, that's also white. So, the the classic one. And also, in Europe, I have a former Yugoslavian copy that's also white. So... I need to check it out when exactly did they use the yellow one
1: Yeah I I think that was that was for the West and and I could ama- I saw the original cover and I was like oh god how boring but I just remember this sticking out I remember it all over the radio I remember you know all over MTV you know and again you, you go back to the, those early years of MTV how special that was, you know, this, this wasn't a channel for my grandpa, you know, or, or, well, I mean, it was for my dad. Cause my dad was hip and always stayed current, but this was like something for me. And I remember back in the day, turn on MTV and you just left it on all fucking day, all day. And even though back then, like, like Ralph would say, they only had so many videos but they were also striking and like, you know, sometimes strikingly bad, but that was a, the charm of them. And the time that this brings me back to, and we've been trying to do this episode for so long. I listened to this album, you know, in its entirety, probably a couple, you know, like a month ago for the first time since I was a kid, you know, other than hearing the hits, you know, and to my dad's record. You know but it, it just put me in such a great mood and i was just so happy and nostalgic you know because i mean that's that is the the era for me if you look at my age you know the 80s it was between 6 and 16 you know so the 90s was like between 16 and fucking 26 that should really be my era, but it's not. You know, I love some shit that came out before that, but to me, it's all about the early '80s and back. Love the '70s, love the '60s, love the history of music and rock and roll and where it came from. But man, dude, nothing hits me like early '80s. I don't care what it is—metal, no funk, R&B, pop—nothing strikes me like that.
0: Time, time and uh, everything, and you know, I mean, for you to like oh, yeah. when it's work... You know it's like i understand man because when you look back at you know uh sticks and reo speedwagon that was that was my men at work that was right that, the age you were with men at work the age i was that age with you know 70s reo you know sticks kansas boston you know of course van halen of course you know I right. mean, halen was too good that every generation got it but You know, the men at work thing, hey, who knows? If I was your age, I'd probably dig it, too. You know, I mean, even listening to it now, I mean, it did give me a nostalgic feeling. But I I remember at the time, like, I remember, uh, let me put it this way, when you were a kid, when you were a little kid, if you go back and listen to Keep On Loving You from Mario, you'd be like, this is crap, but it takes me back. Oh, yeah. No,
1: yeah, I I don't like it, but but it, but it does take me back but yeah. i like hearing you talk about the music you were into before you discovered metal and you would talk about like when you heard elton john and, yeah and ELO and stuff like that mm-hmm. that's how this is to me this is this is music i remember hearing in my youth before i became who i would be you know which is a uh, rock and metal fan you know but before you find your identity in life and you find that music that will always be your number one which in our case is hard rock and heavy metal but it's just like you're you are a blank canvas but it's still you know that's why i love when you talk about elo and and elton john and you know i've read you know really cool interviews with uh zach wilde when he talks about what an influence Elton John was on him, even though that has nothing to do, well, besides the 27 ballads that are on his records. Uh, you know, it's not the music he ended up making, but the impact it had on him, you know, and the, the songwriting and, and the vibe of it. And I, I totally, I totally get that. You know, t- you, timeline is everything. And Like I've said before, you know, my my son loves all Metallica, you know, but like Black Album and loads his Metallica because that's what he grew up with. But he still loves the old shit, you know, and I still love, I love my dad's music. I love 70s and 60s pop, rock, so everything, but nothing hits me like early 80s, the same way there's a lot of 70s stuff that you just love and and I've I've said this all the time, the cock rock that I love, there's no way that I would have that affinity for it if I didn't grow up with it. You know, if I just heard those albums now, I'd be like, this is fucking garbage. You know, and maybe I'd be that way with Minute Work, but man, it takes me back to a special place, and uh, I was very happy to do this album. But uh, Dracula, you pick this one out, you take the opening track, Uh, An all-time classic in music. Who can
2: it be now? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so it's the first track. Uh, Let me see my notes. Uh, At first I was wondering if um, the band could, uh, let's say, change the first track of this album, the starting track. But then when I've heard the album a couple of times, so we're speaking about today and yesterday, I think it's a perfect opener. Uh, my notes also says uh, Ralph, will, Ralph will probably like this song due to the sax and stuff like that <laughs> and we have the backing vocals that are like the main thing of this record and of course Colin's vocals so there is nothing <laughs> much to say about it than a perfect opener for a perfect album
0: yeah you know the guy doesn't have a bad voice yeah man. The voice is not what bothers me about this. But it does, I, I hear a lot of influence of Sting in his voice. He does a lot of you know, like Sting euphemism. See, I don't even know how to fucking pronounce it. But I know what it means. Um, Yeah, like I said, it's cute as a nostalgic song. And this may be the song that started my hate for instruments you bow into. Because it's, you know, it's repetitious on here. You know uh, but like i said it had that nostalgic vibe for me but it's just not a good song but i will tell you and i wrote it down dude at the 2:17 mark during the sax solo the guy hits a bum note and they keep it in that one second is the best part of this song because i like that i like how they kept you, you i don't know if noticed, you know did you notice that dracula
2: uh no no
0: yeah well next time uh go to the 217 mark he hits a bum note during the back uh the sax solo and they kept it in yeah well you know but yeah I remember the video and I mean because MTV played it to death even before Down Under
2: yeah it. but there there is actually a funny if I remember correctly. A funny story about um, what's the the meaning behind this track? Because one of the one of Greg or Colin was living like next to some drug dealer or something, and every time people came to do their business, lots of people missed the door and they were knocking on his door or something. Uh,
0: Okay, Um, Ian, what do you think of Who Can?
1: Oh man I absolutely love it and yeah you're you're right about that story. I think I think it was Colin Hay who at the time was living next to the drug dealer and uh, couldn't wait to get away but he couldn't afford he didn't have enough money to leave that neighborhood and there was always people knocking on his door. I, I think it is a perfect perfect pop song uh, I love I love it on this. I love the paranoia of the track, I love the video, and to me, they are kind of a, a bargain basement Australian police, um, because I definitely agree, he has a similar voice to Sting, uh, of course, the musicianship in the band, while not horrible, is nowhere near the maestro level of the, the three members of the police. Uh, but you can definitely see the influence on the police in this band. I mean, I I don't, I don't even think the band would have enough balls to deny that. But uh, I love this, and it, one one thing I want to ask you know to round because his era is the '70s. That's when he was a kid. One of my favorite songs in the '70s, and I never I never get tired of it, even though it's played out like a motherfucker, is uh, Baker Street and the Great. And that route, do you like the song at all? You know, or is that
0: you know, you, you know what's funny here? I'm talking about nostalgia. I used to hate that song as a little kid, <laughs> okay. And, okay. But, but that, but unlike Men at Work, I love that song now. And what I okay. really love about that song is that guitar, it's that meow, how it does that in that song, but yeah, yeah that, I, meow, I, I, meow, meow, meow. no, but it also goes yeah. kind of like Whole Lot of Love, what Jimmy Page does. You know, Uh, I love it now, though, because, you know, it 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 takes me back to where my dad first bought the hotel on South Beach. That song was a hit. And it it always, like, takes me back to that. And listening to the song now, it's really cool. You know, I feel I felt that way about Dreamweaver, too. I didn't like it when I was a kid. I love it now. Uh, Oh, yeah. But yeah, go on.
1: But uh, that's pretty much what I got. I, I think it's it's a perfect staple of uh, of '80s rock radio and of early MTV. And uh, surprisingly, I never get tired of it. You know, if that ever comes on, and the the funny thing is, when I do listen to radio, which is very infrequently, uh, but usually just on the way to work, uh, I'm tuned into a '60s. Station that plays all 60s pop hits and a little bit of 70s. So I don't even hear 80s that much, you know, other than when I go search it out. But uh, I, I fucking love this song. But I'll take the next one. I can see it in your eyes. And uh, my notes say, Sting wants his everything back. <laughs> yeah. uh, t- to me, uh, a total, total police ripoff. But i love this song i, I really, really really dig it uh you know what i love is you know other than the last the closing track these are all three minute pop songs and that's all this is supposed to be it's all it is but i think it's a very well executed and i just love colin's voice uh, i think i've talked about it on the show before i saw him live Uh, My buddy dragged me because he was a big fan, not only of Minute Work, but of Colin Hayes' solo work, which I knew nothing about at the time. I've I've since went back and discovered. And he was the guy, you know, he wrote everything pretty much in the band. You know, the the other guys were there not to diminish what they added. But, you know, he came up with all the songs, the lyrics, you know, the song structures. Uh, I, I find him very, very fucking talented. But I walk into the show, and it's at a house of blues, but there's, you know, where the main floor is, there's tables and chairs, you know, almost like what you you'd expect for like a Joni Mitchell show or some kind of singer-songwriter bullshit. And, I, and immediately I was like, oh, how un-rock-and-roll, you know, this isn't cool. You should be sit. you should be standing, you know, your foot sticking to, to beer on the floor. There should be pot smoke. And he came out and did like a singer songwriter show. Told, you know, the background of the songs and, and, and little anecdotes and shit. And he was so charming, so fucking funny. And, uh, you know, it was just I, I walked away like, wow, this is not a show that I would normally plan on going to. And it, probably if I knew what the setup was, I wouldn't have went but I thoroughly enjoyed myself. (laughs) The best part is he was talking about uh, playing the song Overkill uh, off the next album where it's got that that refrain of ghosts appear and fade away. And he says he's playing at at a little bar in, uh, I believe it was Australia or New Zealand. And he says there's a drunk guy up front just screaming. He goes, hey, hey, play that song about the goats. And he's like what? It's like the song about the goats. Goats appear and fade away. I want to hear that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, and it was just the way he told the story and everything. I mean, it was just—it was an incredible night. I had an all-new respect for Colin Hay as as a singer and songwriter. And uh, I think I can see it in your eyes. It's just a great little pop song yeah it does borrow a shit ton from the police but hey at least you're borrowing from a good band you know and not a shit one what do you think dracula about i can see it in your eyes
2: actually there is nothing much to add to it so another great track uh, a bit worse than the first one but still a good uh, carry-on song um so that's pretty much about it so another great track on this magnificent album yeah
1: okay Ralph
0: <laughs> <laughs> this song is weak man I can picture white people dancing this track like Bruce Springsteen did in that dance in a dark video or or what was the name of that guy in First Person Stella when he, he would like dance to Tom Jones <laughs> oh Car- Carlton <laughs> yeah Carlton you know that dance he would do? Yeah. You can hear this song, and yeah, dude, I totally like. You know, taking my notes, I'm like, I hear this guy doing sting with that vocal structure thing. Oh, uh, hard pass. All right, uh, next one is called Underground. No, down on un- down under. Oh, down under. Yeah, it's nostalgic and cute with those fancy pants flutes and little ska riffs, but you know, it, sh- it shit sucks. But but it's cute and, and, and in a nostalgic way. Not really too much I can go into this, but yeah, it was all over. This was, I believe, a number one hit. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, uh, all over the TV, MTV, and all over the radio. You couldn't escape down under. Right?
1: Yes, this this did reach number one in January 1983 and spent four consecutive weeks at number one.
0: Oh, it was huge. It was it, huge.
1: It sold over two million copies in the U.S. alone and was ranked number four for all songs 1983.
0: Yeah, but, you know, all I can say, it sucks and get off my lawn. (laughs) All right, Dracula, what do you think of Down Under?
2: Mm, Like I said earlier, it's one of my favorite uh, 80s tracks. We're talking about single voice. Um, I can listen to it on repeat, so it's... Probably one of the best songs. Like I said, made in 80s. Uh, it's sad that their next two albums were weak. Um, there is also interesting controversy about the plagiarism and stuff. Uh, it's a radio staple, and there is a funny story about the Vegemite, so the um, the topping that you put on the bread. So there's a. Um, a part of the lyrics saying that um, the, the the dude give him a Vegemite sandwich. So <laughs> at first, when I ever saw a friend of mine from Australia send me a Vegemite, and I was like, okay, let me try it. And it's if you don't serve it right, it's really salty. So I wrote to her like, how should I how should I eat it? It's really salty. And then when she told me how to do it, it's like one of the best breakfasts that you can have.
0: Yeah, you know, I forgot to mention that because that was a popular thing for a little while, probably three weeks, as long as it was on top of the chart. Vegemite sandwich was kind of like a popular thing all of a sudden here, and I did have it. And yeah, I guess I had it not done right because that shit was terrible.
2: Yeah, it's it's, (laughs) it's, so bad. yeah, it's salty but if you, now it's time for the cooking advices, so you should uh, like like a toast or something, you should uh, so bake the bread and then you should put a bit of butter on it and then you should put a Vegemite on it and that's it. And if you like, you should put like a, a, a bit of cheese on it but also without a cheese will do.
0: Let me tell you man, I, I think... A dingo shit with baby in it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And there's a funny story that in Australia, I think, they actually banned the Vegemite in prisons because prisoners were, like, you know, when you make, um, you have a moonshine, so the illegal booze cooking, they were, like, fermenting this thing, and since there is, uh, I think, barley in it or some some sort of grain, they were actually able to get uh, an alcohol out of it.
1: Ah. Sounds good. All
0: right,
1: well, uh... I love this song. Another one I never get tired of, but holy shit, they spend the first two songs ripping off the police. Now it's fucking Jethro Sting, uh, with that flute in there. Uh... But I love it. It, it. It's catchy as fuck. Uh, you, know, you know, it just takes me back. I never get sick of it. Yeah, and then there's the whole... She gave me a bite of a Vegemite sandwich. And, uh, yeah, I've never had Vegemite. What what I've always heard it described of is it's almost like an Australian, like, jelly. Yeah, uh, it's,
2: it's their... How should I put it? Like, their... Like... You have Budweiser, like American Bear, and yeah. Vegemite is like their bread topping or something.
1: Well, I, I, I did see, you know, I know uh, Big Bushy, Nate Atchison. He won't eat it because apparently it's made from the stem cells of an aborted kangaroo. <laughs> and uh, and uh, they, don't, they don't believe in that, so he won't eat Vegemite. Uh, you know, I, I'd give it a fucking day in court. But I, I love this song, and I find it so crazy that there is all the controversy that a lot of people, uh, you know, particularly in America, might not know about. But uh, there was a lawsuit over that little flute solo that, that, that it was uh, picked from a, an Australian folk song. Uh, I'm trying to find the name of it. Uh, Oh God! Where is it here? Is it Kabucha something or other?
2: No, yeah, it's a kookaburra sitting yeah. on the tree or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah! yeah kookaburra sitting on the tree, and this became a big lawsuit in Australia. And the, the flute solo was was performed by their saxophone player slash uh, flute player. I think he played keyboard too. Greg Ham who is the only guy who would reform with Colin Hay to 200-minute work, you know, in the 90s and stuff. And this guy said he got so depressed over this lawsuit that he was virtually, like, suicidal because he believed it tarnished the whole band, it tarnished his career and made everything they achieved seem like a fraud. And I think, unfortunately, Greg Ham died of...
2: uh, uh, attack or
1: something yeah, yeah I, I think it was brought on by by chronic alcoholism though uh, but that you know it very much put him in a depression and and I can't even remember who won the lawsuit or not or I don't know if
2: you I know. think that the so the, um, uh, the, the 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 estate of the author of the this old song um, I think that they won.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just crazy. And and I even watched a video on YouTube, you know, where you could, you know, you could listen to the song, and then you listen to the song that they, they, they claim they ripped off and stuff. And I can see it, but it's like, damn! And it's just a, it's a pop song. It's a, it's a pop masterpiece. And you know, nobody knows this fucking, you know, Cucamonga motherfucker, but everybody knows down under, world fucking wide. People know this song. It was a fun video. Uh, always loved it. Still love it to this fucking day. I thought
0: that guy, what was his name? The guy who died in the band? Uh, Greg Ham. Greg Ham was like the, the funny guy in the band, watching those videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah he,
1: he was. He I was. Saw, and, uh, you, know,
0: you know, when I took notes, I saw on a suggestion a, a, a video of theirs called Doctor Heckle and Mr. Jive. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's the best song I've ever heard, man. I heard that song. And I still won't say it's a great song, but I thought it was better than anything on here and, and he's like the main, he's the Doctor Jekyll in the in the song.
1: Yeah. And well, it's
0: that, that, cute and funny.
1: Spoiler alert, that might come into my pick of the week. Oh <laughs> but uh bro. I I'll I'll take the next uh, song. You,
2: you, you guys just carry on. I'll just uh, take a toilet. Uh, just go on to the toilet. Just be right back.
0: Uh, okay. I, okay. I, I see a fresh victim just walk by. <laughs> go, go pee-pee. Blew.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I bet, it, I bet it's like a murder scene when he's taking a piss. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So, like just blood everywhere. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll take the next track while he's gone and come in last. Uh, Underground. Uh, to me, this is a good album. But it, it's not going to convert anybody who's not a fan. But it's not going to anybody who is a, disappoint anybody who is a fan. Uh, if you like it, you're probably going to like it. If not probably going to hear what we're going to say about this song next. So what do you think, Ralph?
0: Uh, Underground. I wish this song was underwater, actually. This (laughs) this is just disappointing. This is a disappointing excuse for a song. And you know what's even more disappointing about this is that Dracula would like this. What a letdown. This song (laughs) sucks more than he does on Next. That's what I think. Um,
2: Okay, I'm back. uh, Where are we? all right uh
0: ralph just wanted to
2: take a
1: piss but you can go ahead he'll edit all this you go ahead and talk about underground uh
2: if you ask me if uh it's on the same level as um the the second track uh what's what's uh so it's the same on the level on uh, i can see it in your eyes uh so it's on the same level good track it stays in the shadow. it's overshadowed by the mega hits, Down Under and Who Can't who can It Be Now? Uh, once again, Colin's vocals deliver. And I also like the the final part, the ending one, when the dude is like singing kaka kaka kaka. So this one <laughs> is funny, I mean, because his uh, vo- voice is really playful and stuff. And I think as a singer, yeah. I, I totally understand your point about the police and um, stuff, but he's really underrated as a vocalist.
1: I agree. Well, why don't you take the next track, Helpless Automation?
2: Okay, it's the closing, so it's a uh, great ending of the site. A. Eh? Uh, it's probably one of the best examples next to Be Good Johnny why they were so special it's like a mixture of uh, new wave reggae pop rock so all the elements put together and also great mark why australia australian music from that time period is really interesting also ice house and their stuff like great southern land and stuff like that really they were Special. I mean, it uh, it could, it uh, it shows that they're like land down under, so somewhere down below.
1: Right on. Well, uh, this I I think they're like fun to this, but to me, you know, give the mic back to Colin Hay because this one is sung by by his fun player Greg Ham. Uh, it, it's not horrible. But when you got a singer, in my opinion, as good as Colin, uh, let him do the work. <laughs> you know, put it all on him. But there, there is like a post-punk, new wave charm to this song uh, that I do like. Uh, but definitely not a standout. Ralph, are you back
0: yet? Yeah. What, um, do, you, helpless, what do you? What? Do you, helpless automation. Is that it? Helpless automation best song on the album. Really? Um, uh, But, you know, I kind of like it because it's stupid as fuck. It's like a Devo song with Down Syndrome. And and there's no saxophone or flutes on it. I mean, that helps. I actually enjoyed this somewhat uh, out of all these songs. More than all these songs, actually. First time I ever heard it, I was like, alright, this one, I guess, is the best one. I guess. So, that's what I think. Alright, what's next, though?
1: People just uh, love well, play yeah. with words, right? Flip, flip this album over. Go to side two, and people just love to play with words.
0: People just love to play with words. What a fucking title. Yeah, hearing this, I would love to play with the skip button. Uh, I, I, I almost skipped this, actually, for the title alone. You know, I, I was <laughs> like, man, I don't want to hear this, dude. Look at this fucking title. But that would be a disservice to Dracula, so. I listened and was amazed how this was even a song. This is goofier than Andrew Jacobs' face. (laughs) Don't like it. Uh, uh,
1: All right, Uh, Dracula, what do you think? of? People just love to play with words.
2: Um, It's a great starting of the start of the side B. Uh, Colin once again delivers. I also like the music background, uh, especially the instruments that you blow in, another point for Ralph. Uh And also, lyric-wise, I mean, it's a topic that is still relevant today, you know, rumors and stuff like that. So it's a great song on a great album. I know I'm repeating, but there's nothing much to add. it. Hey,
0: hey Dracula, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I'm sensing uh, a lot of hatred to your vo- uh, in your voice toward me. Do you hate me now?
2: <laughs> it's an opinion. Everyone uh, has uh, uh,
0: your opinion that you hate me. Damn, dude, I love you, Dracula. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, opinion is Transylvanian for asshole. <laughs> uh. <laughs> there,
0: there,
2: there is, there is only a, there is so, just a funny, a funny thing that every time. When I heard um, instruments that you blow in on that record, I remembered on your eternal love for this instrument. So,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man! All right. all right, all
1: right. Well, I'll take this song. Uh, now, this is the one that was written solely by the guitar player, and and had no. Well, helpless animation was totally written by Greg Hampton, but this one had no input from Colin Hay. And to me, you can totally see that because I think this song sucks. Uh, this is absolute filler garbage. And to me, it's a horrible way to start off side two. Uh, especially when you end it with the song they did, which is, you know, I didn't mind, but it's different. But I'd like, okay, side kicks in. Let's get back to what we want. Well, at this time, we didn't know what we wanted from Minute Work
2: because it was their debut album. But, yep. You know yeah, what but I mean? I mean,
1: like... If like but a familiar you, sound.
2: Sorry to interrupt you, but if you could change the starting track, which one would you put on the number one?
1: I I, 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 I see nothing wrong with who could it be now because I think it's a great introduction. No, no, no. I I,
2: I mean I, I mean on the side two. So instead of oh people oh, oh who-
1: on on side two, if I if I had to pick one to start it off, I would probably pick uh, Touch
0: the Untouchables.
2: Oh, really interesting.
0: Yeah, I would pick to start side two. uh, (laughs) Van on on fire by Van Halen with the members of Van Halen playing it. Yeah, yeah, I I, it it was an interesting question
1: uh, that you brought up, Dracula, because uh, you know you're like, well, what would I would do that because I mean this is going to be a spoiler alert. I think the last three, you know, proper tracks because I even did the bonus tracks on this one. But the last three songs that end this album, I, I think, are very similar.
2: Uh, you know, yeah, and that, it kind of also, spoiler, spoiler alert for my for my part. Uh, I treat them as a one song, like act one, act two, and act three. So yeah, totally yeah, understand and, you.
1: Yeah, and, and I and I can see that. And while, uh, God, here I going to spoilers. I enjoy those songs. Uh, there's a lot of similarities and I like a little, you know, like a little flow to the album, little ups and downs. Uh, but yeah, I this is the one song on here I, I really do not like. And there's a couple of bonus tracks that I, I think would be much better on the album than this. Uh, just not oh, a really bad...
2: If you ask me, are the re- those songs are reasons why they are bonus tracks, because they are weak, but...
1: Right, right. Well, I well that just shows you how much I do not like people just love to play with words. Uh, because I would have took either one of those over this one. Uh, not a fan. But I'll go to the next one, Be Good Johnny, which was the third single from this album. And uh, as Ralph pointed out, there is a video. And I will say this, I enjoyed the video more than the song. Uh. But I got to admit, there's something that while this song is equally parts annoying and equally parts fun. And, you know, like Spinal Tap says, there's a fine line between clever and stupid. And I think that walks the fine line between annoying and good. You know, that be good, be good, be good, be good, be good, that Ralph's going to talk about. It's annoying. But... There's also another part of the song that I really dig and I think the video perfectly walks that tightrope, which I I know if you're listening to an album, it should be all about what you hear, but I can't go back in time and separate this song from the video. So anytime I hear this, I see that little fucking bastard running around in his fucking knickers, you know, his little short pants and I can't separate the two. So there is... You know, this nostalgia, like, eh, which makes me like the song probably a lot more than I would if I never saw the video and didn't have the interest in it. But, you know, it's an okay song. But Ralph, tear this motherfucker to shreds like I know you're gonna.
0: Well, yeah, but you know what? I will say I did enjoy the video. <laughs> like like so, I said, you know, man, I remember this video. I don't remember the song. I like when uh, Colin like was like, Marlon uh, Brando. You know, when you were kind yeah. of my father talking like, hey, hey, little little Johnny <laughs> he was saying like, <laughs> It was goofy as fuck, you know, but yeah, dude. As far as the song is like, be good, be good. It's like, Are you serious? You know, let me ask you, Dracula. Do do vampires like <laughs> this so people will hate life and find being bit in the neck as a solution to end their life for eternal life in Transylvania? Because Seriously, if I was to hear this in a loop, I would beg you to bite my neck. You know, this this shit belongs in the dumpster. Andrew Jacob sits through every night for dinner. That's what I think. What do you think, there, Dracula?
2: Yeah, it's the big hit in the vampire community.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was classic, dude. <laughs>
2: Awesome. Yeah, actually, um, this one is, uh, if you ask me, it's the, the most different from the others. Like I said, it's a bit uh, weird, but once again, I think it works. It's uh, a pure example why this album works. So there is no weak track on it. Um, what else? Uh, especially I like the nah this part so when I mean, it is like a like um, preaching to the guy or something and it's interesting like some kind of tribute to Johnny Bigot or something like to Chuck Berry's song uh, so once again I think it works it's nothing much to add to my argument yet. Well, well, well,
0: what do you think of touching the untouchable?
2: Oh, this one, this one starts the best part of the of this record, next to Down Under. Uh, I treat, so, Touching the Untouchables, Catch a Star and Down by the Sea as a one epic long song, uh, divided into three parts. So the blowing section once again hits the mark. It's pure example of, once again, why this album works. So, I know I'm repeating, but It's science. So. (laughs) So. It's a bit. uh, It's a bit trippy. Um, And that's pretty much about it. What about you, Ian?
0: Yeah, wait, wait. Before Ian goes goes into it, please, for the love of God, never practice science. (laughs) (laughs) Alright,
1: go ahead, Ian. right, I, I. I agree with this science. I absolutely love this song. And well, before I even got it before I even get in this, I gotta say one of the best fucking quotes I've ever heard in the history of this show is Yeah, it's a big hit vampire community. I'm sorry that was, that was a, awesome. If, if I wouldn't have been pissing when you said that, I would have pissed my bad uh that shit was fucking comedic gold. God bless you. Fucking Dracula. That was fucking awesome. Oh my god. Uh but now back to this song. Uh I really, really love this song, and this was something uh coming back to this, I, I don't even remember these last three songs as a kid. You know, there's other songs on uh you know, Side One, like I could see it in your eyes, I remember, even though it wasn't a single. Uh, underground, I remember as as a kid. Uh, but th- these last three songs, I had not heard since probably 83 or 84, when I used to play my dad's records. Uh, I really, really dig this. Uh, this is borrowing from the police in the best possible way. I don't know, there's just you know, uh, a soft tone to this that I that I really love and I, I think this would be a good one for people who maybe don't like the singles but hey, g- give this one a check and, and see what you think. Uh, can't recommend this one. What do you think, Ralph? Can you
0: help me... Touching the untouchable? <laughs> I only thought Sammy Hagar could come up with a line like that. You know, like when that song, I want what I wanted. <laughs> you know, I can hear the song playing during a sack races at a Special Olympics. Or, Terrence dancing to this in his room with his shorts up to his nipples. This shit is goofier than Terrence's air drumming. Don't like it. Alright, I'll take the next one. Catch a star. I'd rather catch crabs. If this was really men at work, they would be fired for manslaughter at work for for negligence, because <laughs> because this is total musical negligence. It sounds like if the police, if you know, they were they were in the car with Rick Allen the day that he lost his arm, and they all lost their arms as well. And it's like the police would, every member of the police with one arm, and it would sound like Catch a Star. Ugh. Yeah, this is like. I, I, this song is more disturbing than Catch a Predator. All right, Dracula, what do you think of Catch a
2: Star? Uh, it's a part two of the trilogy, um, so nothing uh, more to add. It it's a great part two uh, and that leads to, if you ask me, next to Down Under the best track to, to the best track of the album. But more about it later.
1: All right, uh, yeah, I love "Catch a Star" too. Again, um, much like the previous track, "Touch of the Intouchables," uh, it's got a cool, somber vibe with you know a little you know a little reggae uh, niche to it. Uh, I love this track. I-, I think it's really good, and it- and I-, I love you know Dracula that you saw that you know the the similarities in between these last three songs because. I mean, they just flow into one another. And I, I guess my only complaint would be, you know, similar in tone. But at the same way, they're kind of perfect all going together, you know. And I never thought of it as seeing them as like, you know, parts one, two, and three. So you made me look at it a whole other way. But I I love Catch a Star. I think it's really good. And uh, and I got to see Colin A play this and the next track. And I was like, wow. You know, was really, really fucking nice. Um, but Ralph, you didn't care about this. I'll go into the last track, uh, The Amazing, Down by the Sea. Uh, you know, all the other songs to this point have been, you know, short three and a half minute pop songs, uh, where this one is damn near seven minutes. But to me, there's not one second that's misspent. Or, or undeserving I think this is a beautiful way To end this album And I love the juxtaposition Of you know It starts out with who can it be now But it ends with down by the sea Um You know who can it be now I see is a Perfect 80's pop song Uh where I see down by the sea A very mature Beautiful Well structured well written song Uh i mean i really dig it and a great great way to close out this album proper again i i did review the uh the bonus tracks but this is the way the album ends and i think it's an absolutely perfect way to end it ralph come disagree with me
0: hey that's that's a nice title for a song i'm gonna write a song called come disagree with me that should be Come disagree with me. Come disagree with me here on Pod Fluid. Yeah, we're going (laughs) to change the name of the show, too. You know, down by the sea. Jesus Christ, man. Too bad they didn't drown in the sea. This shit is almost seven minutes of drowning boredom. Longest seven minutes I've ever experienced. Sounds more like seven days in Dracula's castle. You know, you must be bored out of your fucking mind to want to put this shit on. You know, if I was bored, I'd rather put a cheese grater on my cock and shave away. You know, think about it. 1981, fair warning, Diary of a Madman, and somehow, Business as Usual, was at least all in the same year. This is the mysteries of all mysteries. So I came and disagreed with you, Ian. Yeah, now I'm going to throw it to Dracula. Blah. <laughs>
2: Uh, so like I said before second best track next to Down Under epic closure of the of the album and actually there is nothing much to add about to it so I think it's kind of like that the the record went full circle because you start with Who Can't Be Now and then you end with Down By The Sea and then when the when the track ends you can just start once again so it's like perfect record, and I would put it in my, let's say, top five summer albums or something. Nice. nice.
0: Full circle. Full circle. Like a rusty bullet hole. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Ow! Alright, well, I know you didn't do uh, the bonus tracks, but uh, Dracula, you know them, correct?
2: Yeah, I've listened to them, but... In a while, and they were boring. So there's nothing much to add. Just they okay. are boring. Okay.
1: So. Okay. Well, well, I'll give I'll give my two cents here because I did a full throttle review of this. Uh, although I will skip. There's two live versions that you know, while are fine. Uh, you know, there's nothing really new to add. There's a live version of Underground and a live version of Who Can It Be Now. Uh, But the first bonus track is Crazy, which was the B-side to uh, Down Under. And this one was written by the guitar player uh, Ray Strykert and shares vocals with uh, him, uh, Alan Hay, and Greg Hamm. Uh, It's a manic little, uh, you know, new wave song. I would take it, though, over people just love to play with words. Uh, but, I mean, it's short to the point. It's like 2 minutes and 37 seconds. It's nothing revolutionary, but I do find it more enjoying uh, than, than the track I mentioned before. And then the last track is an instrumental called F-19. Now, this one I really like uh, musically, and I'm surprised they didn't put lyrics to it. Because it had a good flow. I mean, to me, it sounds like a complete song that's just missing vocals. And I don't know whatever the reason was why they didn't choose to, you know, flush it out and stuff. But I really, you know, and actually out of the two, this is my favorite. Uh, And I definitely find this more musically appealing than people just love to play with words, so... I'm surprised they didn't do more with it, but I'm glad that it was added on to the bonus tracks. And, uh, you know, there you go. That is our review of Minute Works Business as Usual. Now, this album, uh, like I said, was released November 9th, 1981 in Australia and probably Europe, but not till June 1982 in the U.S. And it has gone uh, four times platinum in Australia, five times platinum in Canada, six times platinum in the U.S. Holy shit. I mean, seriously, six times platinum in the U.S. Think about that. Think about how many albums you love that they haven't even gone fucking gold. Yeah. This this motherfucker.
0: Fair warning, two million.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, uh, amazing sales for this. And uh, I, I'm a fan. I, I'm a fan. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not in my top 10 band. I believe it or not, I would put Kiss above uh, Minute Work. And, you know, oh my God. But, uh, oh my God. But, uh, I was so happy to do this. And and I love what, it, what a drastic fucking shift this is from what we normally talk about. And we got one coming up. Holy shit. I was watching a movie last night with my wife. And uh, a song came on. And I was just like, oh, my God, what the fuck is this? And she goes... Uh, she goes, oh, I think this is My Chemical Romance. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, we have a My Chemical Romance episode coming up. I'm like, holy shit. Uh, and, and I love you, Trinity, and, and we will give you your review. But I would much rather listen to Minute Work than My Chemical Romance. Let's do My
0: Chemical Romance next for Trinity. Oh,
1: man. It's, it's, it's going to take me a, a whole week to get through that fucking album. But uh, but anyway, uh, no. This was this was a very fun detour for me. I'm sorry it wasn't for Ralph.
0: Not sorry, Uh, but (laughs) but uh, but hey, man, hey. At least it's not the cure. I've heard worse. Yeah, I could say some positive shit. I mean, I was. You know, I gotta be honest. I didn't like the album. I thought the songs were terrible, but I wasn't suffering like I have with many of the donated episodes we've done, like hysteria and shit like that. I didn't suffer doing this. It was, you know, kicking back, taking little notes, going, oh, God damn, it, shit sucks. It was, you know, it was an okay uh review for me to uh, on a shitty album, you know? So I, I didn't suffer. So, you know. And I, I
1: do know that we have the freedom of this show and we're not trapped like so many others are. We can only talk about a specific band or specific to that. I love that we can take detours like this. And, you know, it, it's thanks to you, Count Dracula, that we can. So I, I want to thank you for picking this. But now it is time to go into Pick of the Week.
0: Oh, I got theme song. And, Remember, I got the theme song for Pick of the Week. Ready? Here we go. It's time for pick of the week. The only time it's okay to say Ian before Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> and this
1: week you can say Dracula before Ian. Dracula, what is Dracula, what is your pick of the week?
2: Um actually I have three records that are Oh, go for it. Something is rock, something is Irish, something is Something. So my first is Nancy Sinatra's California Girl from 2002. It's really another great summer summer album that I've just discovered recently. You should check out her version of California Dreaming, Route 66, uh, Hello LA, Bye Bye Birmingham, and you also have your California Man. I think Chip, Chip trick also did oh, a yeah, version.
1: Cool. Yes. Yes.
2: So, it's a great summer album, you should check it out. Then, the second one is from my beloved Rory Gallagher, Calling Cart, from 1976. Ralph, we did a photo finish, that came a bit later. And the third one will is, um, I will probably got her name wrong because it's Gaelic, but I will spell it for you, it's Matt. H B H. Walsh, um, her first album called "Off by Heart." It's like uh, Irish folk classics done for the twenty-first century. So it's new, and you should check it out. All
1: right, all right. I I think it's it's crazy you picked Nancy Sinatra because that is an original MILF, and Ooh. by MILF. By MILF I mean mummy, I'd like to fuck.
0: Holy yeah, shit. That, that D's boots <laughs> video, man. man. Let me tell you, that Dee's boots video when she was young. Oh my
1: god. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sure my cock I'm, ever stand attention to that one. I'm sure Frank had a couple people whacked over her. Oh yeah. Holy cow.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and, and the and the record that she she did with Lee Hazelwood. Oh, that's some classic stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm sure Lee, Lee Hazel got a wood all right. <laughs> remember, remember when she was on Sopranos? Yes, yes. And and uh, yeah, Frank Junior. Junior was on Sopranos too.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, hey, I tell you what, she looked good for ninety-two. Goddamn, yeah. <laughs> ninety-two. <Don't think> Look <laughs> looked pretty damn good all right well now we'll go into my pick of the week to buy rouse some more time and my pick of the week i you know i'm, I'm big pussy i will keep it safe big pussy another sopranos reference yeah. uh i'm gonna go with what's actually my favorite minute work album which is their follow-up cargo
2: i can't oh, get- uh, really
1: yeah i i am a huge fan of cargo uh has my top two favorite uh, Minute Work songs of all time, which are "Overkill" and "It's a Mistake," and also the all four mentioned by Ralph, Doctor Heckle, Doctor Heckle, and Mister Jive. Yeah, I kind
0: of, uh, like this.
2: Yeah, and you should yeah. put on the li- and you should put on the list uh "No No Sign of Yesterday." That one is awesome.
1: It's a mistake. Yeah. yeah no, I I love them both, and actually, if you get the. Uh, if you get the the remastered uh, version of this album, there's extended uh, versions of uh, Settle Down My Boy, No Signs of Yesterday and It's a Mistake are all extended versions, um, and, and I think great versions. High Wire's on there too. Um, I mean, I love both these albums, but I, I would as, as time goes by, I lean back more towards Cargo. And Cargo did pretty good when it came out. I mean, Overkill, and and, and It's a Mistake. Uh, you know, we're big at the time. Unfortunately, they didn't have the staying power, that Down Under and uh, Who Can It Be Now had. But I think it's a very, very strong album. And uh, something I need to do is check out Two Hearts. I've never heard that album. By the time they did Two Hearts, uh, Colin Hay had fired the drummer and bass player and the guitar player left immediately after the recording of that album but uh I, I by 1985 that that's the thing back then maybe it still is this way but sometimes a year or two could make all the difference in the world it might as well be yeah, 20 years you know like as it, as far okay. as music goes and what's what's popular but yeah by by 1985 you know it was tears for fears and Prince, and there was no room for a minute work and,
2: and if, if you oh sorry,
1: no go ahead.
2: Uh, if you plan to visit the Two Hearts um, album, you should check out "Snakes and Ladders." This one delivers like total classic. And "Children on Parade." This one's hey uh, uh, written, and it's like another one like uh, "Down by the Sea," ish, only more um, a bit more serious, so to say. Right uh but
1: yeah I, I definitely uh recommend that and an- another thing i recommend is uh look up uh colin hayes um uh, you know his solo work uh i was a fan of the uh, his first solo i'm looking for jack i was a big fan of and american sunshine is the tour i got to see him on and uh just very good shit he's he's got some great solo albums
2: and he just released the new album called "Now and Evermore."
1: Yeah, just just came out. Yeah, uh, but he's world. he's been very prolific, uh, plurific, prolific, whatever. As a solo artist, he's got you know ten times the amount of solo albums at Work had. But um, to me, a great songwriter and a great voice, and very entertained live. So. Those are my picks of the week. What do you got,
0: Ralph? Well, before I go into my pick of the week, let me go grab a hat. i got to put on my hat because my alopecia is acting up again. Oh, you bald motherfucker. Uh, Come here. Slap me, bitch. Uh, You know what? My pick of the week is the Men at Work tribute band, all-female tribute band called Women in the Kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and their
1: their debut album, Where We Belong. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Oh, thank you, Ian. You saved me because I was about to get some shit, but yours was even more vile. Yeah, I'll, ta- I'll take the I'll take the slap for you. <laughs> Everybody, attack Ian and stay woke. Right. My pick of the week, and I just got this in the mail yesterday. It's a new book from Martin Popoff called "Dream Evil" Deep oh. in the '80s. Dude, it's a real, really good read, and it's uh, an easy read. You know. And uh, I I would like to quote what Martin wrote in the book for me. He signed it. He said, to Ralph, thanks for all you do for metal. Legend. Very active. Very active. Nice. it's, It's full of pictures. It's got a lot of cool pictures in it. It really, it does touch upon Elf and Rainbow and Sabbath, you know, for like, you know, a chapter or two. But then it goes right into Holy Diver. Everything up to Dreaming and it's a really good read, man. Um, Martin Popoff is a wacky guy, you know. Um, his favorite Dio album is Dream Evil. He's very contrarian, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, mine is definitely Holy Diver, which, you know, most people would say Holy Diver. But, you know, but, you know, he does give a lot of respect to all of it, except for, you know, Sacred Heart, which is <laughs> very, very understandable but it's a really good book it's a really good read and uh i highly recommend dream evil deal in the 80s from well martin i Pulpuff. i love
1: martin Popoff, and i have many of his books in fact i have one uh like an encyclopedia of metal that literally i, I can barely open anymore because the pages fall out uh and, and 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 something you know listeners of this show which I know if you listen to this show you watch Ralph's YouTube video uh, I believe uh, Ralph you might be interviewing him very soon which yes. Uh, yes. which is gonna be amazing and and, and so people know this because there's a lot of people that say like oh why don't you have more guests on the show and stuff like that uh, and I'm the biggest one to blame for that not because I don't want to but because I work a nine to five job. That's what you get for working. Yeah, that's what I get. That's what I get for working. You know, Terrence is laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> but most of these people, when they agree to do interviews, I'm at work. It's hard to get them uh, scheduled for weekends or for nights. Uh, but, you know, Ralph has an opportunity to interview him. So I hope everybody checks that out. But no, I am a huge fan of Martin Popoff and his youtube channel he has the contrarians where they talk about you know various reasons for why this is the best album or the worst album you know and they're usually dark horse albums he's a very entertaining guy and and hopefully i know ralph's gonna make such a great impression that you know and he's canadian so you know he's nice hopefully later on we can have him on the show because i would love to talk to this guy um but you know look for Ralph coming soon to have an interview with this guy because he is amazing and uh, that is a book I want to pick up because you know Dio in the 80s you know it don't get better than that you know as long as you you kick out uh, Sacred Heart yeah
0: but I, uh I am gonna push for him to do our show the problem is you know I don't know I don't know the guy that well he came to me he's a fan of my channel and I hit him up you know and, I said, "What's a good time?" I didn't tell him to do the podcast. I just said, "But I was thinking of the podcast." I was like, right. "What's what's a good time?" He's like, "Oh, can you do uh, uh, nine thirty in the morning on Tuesday? On Monday, actually. You know, I was recording this on Saturday, so I'm doing it on Monday, nine thirty in the morning. But you know, I, I would tell Ian, Ian, take the day off. But what if something happens? You know, that's the one thing right. interviewing people and. Uh, Zac and Camara are proof of this, because you always hear them say, you know, so, so-and-so canceled, and this right. last-minute type shit, so I'd hate right. for Ian to take a day off. You know, we right. got Johnny Z because Ian was visiting his mom who was sick, so yeah. any time there was good, so, you know. Yeah. yeah, I said, Mom, Mom, keep the fucking coffin down. I'm talking to
1: Johnny Z here. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but but uh yeah hey and i
1: made the right decision because my mom's still alive and johnny's dead you know so uh,
0: i mean i look man uh my youtube channel yeah it's it's awesome it's got many subscribers and everything but really my my whole thing for like if i want to interview people i want Ian there you know i do want Ian there i don't want to be as uh, our our bald fucking our bald ex fucking loser, you know, uh, wh- wh- solo artist, you know, who, who'll, who the only interview he'll get if he gets lucky is on But my my point uh, of it is, is that I really don't. I mean, I love interviewing people. Don't get me wrong, but I would love to have the Ian thing there because there is no better interview in the history of <laughs> of history than when we had Gerber, whatever the fuck that guy's name is. Oh, yeah. That's the greatest interview ever. <laughs> and that's and I would love to have Ian there with Pop-Off, so I will do it. I got Will Carroll on the show. And, yeah. You know, anything I can get Ian involved. I mean, but, yeah, the time thing is fucked up, so what can I do? You know, it's like, all right, 9.30 in the morning, Monday. we we'll would schedule it for Monday. He actually wanted to do Tuesday, but I got to go to DMV so pray for me you know I gotta yeah, go to yeah no shit yeah and hialeah i got you know DMV. i had to schedule it over like it's been like a month and a half ago the only opening was the fifth of uh of uh april you know so that's hey, what's you could, me
1: you know just be happy you could press you know one for english or two for spanish you know <laughs> yeah, you can get out of there i
0: don't think there's an english option i gotta bring this up too. <laughs> I gotta bring this up. Highly is all Spanish. Dude, I go to the, uh, you know, I, I sell a lot of shit on eBay. There's shit I don't need. And I'm always at the post office. And poor dude, there's a guy there at the post office that does not speak Spanish. And there's been more than one occasion I've seen some Cuban people, like, I'll say what they say to him in Spanish, but I'll translate it. The last t- guy to fight with him, he's like, then voy a la alma, which means I'm gonna fuck up your health, <laughs> because the guy didn't speak um, uh, Spanish, and he was saying because the guy uh, did an order form to mail out something in Spanish, and the guy's like, no, you gotta write it in English. This guy lost his shit, made a big scene, and stormed out of the place. And yeah, man, it's hi, Alias, and. and Aaron Camaro and Sinzak will tell you, man. I told them while we were driving to Hialeah, I go, "Don't be afraid," but the drivers here aren't that, aren't that fucking good. And sure enough, they witnessed it firsthand. I was like, it's "Oh, cute. yeah, it, it's it, it, it,
1: it's so hardcore Spanish." And Hialeah, Ralph took me. Uh, we went to eat there for lunch, and I, I let Ralph to order for me in Spanish, and they still brought me out white bread. That's how <laughs> hardcore. They are. Yeah. They said gringo and spit on it. you know. But God damn it, they work hard for their money, so you better treat them right. I love Hylia. Yeah.
0: But you know what Hylia has that's very unique? We have a Spider-Man. <laughs> we have the Hylia Spider-Man. His car is even Spider-Man you know, with webs and red and blue, and he's in total uh, Spider-Man garb. And uh, yeah, internet, I see him now and then, but man, I need to get a picture with the Hylia Spider-Man
1: yeah and when he's not in costume his name is ruben de la rosa and he's got a great band uh so check when in hialeah check him out <laughs> so
0: yeah so yeah hopefully keep your fingers crossed i will pitch it to one pop off to do something with us one day you know maybe a weekend you can get up early and i don't know
1: hey hey not now at least you, you can use hey. you're like hey we had dracula on our show okay <laughs> yeah. dracula <laughs> okay. we're very big in the vampire community the rock and metal combat podcast greatest line ever oh my god so good so now we go to fan of the week and oh my god i don't care what you call him. you call them dracula uh nejc neon knights brother you have been around for a long time been here part of the show you've been a guest before and you've also done so much amazing shit behind the scenes uh, as you guys will hear, I'm going to try to get it to round so we can even have it as an intro for this episode. He got the great Biff Byford from Saxon to do an intro for us. He tried to uh, set up an interview with Judas Priest, who turned us down because we're not big enough. But 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 maybe we'll get him later. You never know. You never know. But but Dracula, god damn it, you have been such a big. Part of this show, a fan of this show, a supporter, and what I love most of all is you are clear across not the country, but the fucking globe, and you get this show, you love it, you appreciate it, and uh, I mean I, I'm just so so proud to have you as a listener, and and that we can still touch people all over the world, so. I, I want to thank you, you know, not only for your donation, but just for being there and everything you've done for this show. Thank you, brother.
0: Yeah, thank you. And do me a favor, man. When he, Ian and I are long gone, keep plugging the show, because we all know you're a <laughs> Yeah, I, I, will,
2: I will do. I will do.
0: And, 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 you know, he came on the Bureau uh, Vault. Because at the time that me and Ian were being bitches and not talking to each other, um, he had a, a donation for Rory Gallagher.
2: So, yeah, we, we did the Photo Finish album, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he turned me on to Photo Finish, which is a cool album. And check out that episode. It's a cool episode. And yeah, man, I mean, uh, he's a cool dude, man. I, I hail the Dracula. Yeah, you know, and... and, and and, you
1: know, let me ask you, I mean, just just out of curiosity, I mean, what? how, how did you find the show? What attracts you to the show? And, and do other vampires the show? Or, you know?
2: Actually, um, it started when I was uh, preparing for my exam uh, statistics and stuff and I was just randomly, you know, when you learn everything is better than the actual learning and I was just fooling around with YouTube and I found uh, Rolf's uh, keys uh, reviews and then I found your community and then it started, at first I was like do this, do that, and then I think Ian, you told me you should check out our podcast or something. It was like seven years ago or something. And then when I was working, I had like an hour or something uh, right from my home to work. And I was, um, I was, uh, at first I was listening to music, but then I was looking for something, let's say, different and i was wondering okay i should maybe start with the podcast and since some episodes were like 2 years old or something i was skipping your news segment but then just starting with the review but now when i'm revisiting everything is from start to end so there is lots of to, lots of catching up to do and also so it's now like six years or something, and you started back in, what, 2014 or something? Yeah. So it's been six wonderful years, also lots of, um, how should I put it, lots of influences about the, the life and how to deal with the situation and stuff like that. So yeah, a long-time fan or something.
0: Well, I, I hope when it comes to life situations, you listen to me and not Ian, because Ian wants to murder people.
1: <laughs> yeah. Dude, don't listen to me, I, st- I still sh- like a bum and work for 11. Then I found a way to retire, he's much smarter than me.
0: Yeah, and plus, you know, I mean, what was I talking about? There there was that one episode I said, oh man, I did a, oh man, what drug was it? It was like, I did Adderall or some shit. <laughs> you know, I took a pill and Ian's like, yeah, I snorted that shit. <laughs> <laughs> True <laughs> you story. Know, man.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, and you, you make me wonder... Back in the day when you were in the competition for the Podcast Kings, uh, yes. and you won, uh, how far is Ian your tattoo? Uh, about the Elder and stuff?
1: What's that? Yeah, oh, oh, I get
2: shit about that. I
1: still gotta get the Elder tattoo. Oh, which, that's uh,
0: right. That's right.
1: No, no, which I which I will. I haven't got a tattoo in a long time. I mean, I've got like... like <laughs> that's
0: fucked up, though. You were the Elder tattoo.
1: Like... <laughs> No, I, and I'll totally do it. I'll totally do it. I just, I haven't got tattooed in a long time.
0: Like me but with no, that at work tattoo. Okay,
1: <laughs> no, yeah, no, but I'll get some, and it'll be funny, and it'll be worth it, you know, and, you yeah. know, because I, ha- I always had this dream, you know, like, you know, you know, especially when I was younger, when Kiss was everything, my tattoo was going to be the cover of the second Marvel comic book, and it was going to take up my calf on my left side my whole calf was gonna be that tattooed with the with the bald demon dude and, and the kiss thing because i'm like if i'm getting a kiss tattoo i'm not getting a shit cat you know kiss tattoo or just a logo you know i'm getting something severe and uh but now i'm like yeah yeah i'm not i'm not gonna spend my money on that shit. but i i, I will get i will get it eventually i promise yes. before i die and plus and plus you know hopefully I've been waiting forever, but I always said when we get a million downloads, which I know we've had more than a million listens, because fuck, I mean, when our YouTube page went down, we had YouTube episodes that quadrupled our podcast downloads, because uh, honestly, YouTube, and and, and Ralph, you know, is proof of this, YouTube is where it's at. People want to see you, they want to see shit. Podcasts have their niche, but there's nothing to compete with fucking YouTube. But I always said, once we've got a million uh, downloads of the podcast, I am going to get the logo tattooed on me. You know, that, that that's indefinite. And I will get the elder tattoo eventually. Yeah, what but, it'll when, be, but
0: When I'm, you get the elder tattoo, you better not make fun of it, you son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> I can't promise you that.
0: You should get like, hey, kill two birds, one stone. Get that ball, dude, from uh, the Marvel comic holding the other album. No, I, I, I think
1: I'm going to get a tattoo of, like, you know, Gene Simmons with the tear dropping down, and it'll just say, you know why. Yeah. Oh, you see, that's not good. You did not think of that, man. <laughs> but way to bring that shit up, Dracula. God damn it. You never forget oh, yes. anything.
0: Yeah, because I, we all forgot about it. No,
1: no, I. I, I I, I still get face, Facebook texts like, hey, when's that uh, elder? I'm like, ah, shit. But uh, no, it, it will be done. Before I leave this earth, it will be done. Yeah. But I, I want to thank you so much, Dracula. God damn it. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you back on the show. And, you know, there was there was a point where, you know, you were saying like, oh, God, if we can't work it out, just do it without me. But, no, I'm glad, you know, we did what we had to do. We had plenty of ep- episodes to choose from till we could make something work. And big kudos to Ralph because, uh, you know, it's very hard for him to do one this early, yeah, but he did I, it.
0: I did tell Ian, no, we're going to do it with him, too.
1: Man. Yeah, yeah, so we did what we had to do, and we were very happy and honored to do it. And it means so much that you would donate. And I'm going to tell you right now, when russia comes for transylvania you come live with me you know you yeah, come yeah. To New Orleans and, and hang out because it's happening don't fool yourself they're coming for
0: you next you yeah you, and, and and you heard them in your little me.
1: yeah 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 they came they came for the ukraine and i said nothing you know when they come for transylvania you come stay with me and you know what Fuck it i'll drink that blood wine you got we'll all live forever and, and you and me will listen to Minute Work, goddammit. Fuck Ralph.
0: Yeah, you can, you can take uh, my place once I die because just bite Ian in the neck. Hey, th- and another thing is that um, I also said, look, we got to, you know, I'm not a morning person and I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to get up early. But I do understand vampires cannot do shit in the daytime. Got to wait
2: till
1: nightfall, yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's 1,900 hours in Transylvania right now. Yep.
2: Yeah. We just, have, you know, we have to use curtains, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And yeah before you bite me, though, I got to go on a diet and work out because I don't want to look like Vince Neil for eternity. So I got to got. gotta get into better. I've already lost 10 pounds. Thank you, Weight Watchers. I've lost 10 pounds. I got to lose like 100 more. And then you bite me on the neck, and, and then the show will go on forever.
0: You got to make some room for that coffin in your place, dude. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know. I know. That's why I need a smaller coffin. I got to shrink. But if you enjoyed this episode like most vampires, come back next week when, according to Ralph, we are finally going to get done the My Chemical Romance. And holy shit, you think Will Smith slaps like a bitch? Wait till you hear this music. Oh, my God. I have not heard a single note from
0: this band yet
1: oh and neither do I nor do I want to but damn it Trinity we love you so we're gonna do it next week on the rock and metal combat podcast
0: boom